24-15. Thunderbirds have many to play with here. Up at the net, Gregitis couldn't do too much. Hamaday getting his work in on senior night as well. Play is marked dead in the Thunderbirds have won. That's a sweep for both the women and the men. Hey everybody, my name is Jake and alongside me are Eric, Liz, and Corey of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. And what you just heard off the top was the final play of the men's volleyball match on Saturday, a win that capped off a perfect 4-0 weekend for the men's and women's teams. Hockey also went 4-0, but women's basketball crashed out of the playoffs with a shock loss in the wildcard round. Elsewhere, baseball began its spring season on a disappointing note. Women's swimming dominated their meet but lost their crown, and the mystery surrounding track and field scoring has been solved. Yeah, moving on to women's volleyball. The women's volleyball team actually just celebrated their annual Hype Game Thunder Truck last weekend with a crowd of over 12, 1,200 people cheering on the team. The Thunderbirds actually didn't let them down for sure, and sweeping both games over Winnipeg to stretch their winning streak to seven games. They were ruthless on Friday, not letting Winnipeg score more than 16 points in any of the three sets. I mean, complete annihilation in this one. Thunderbirds hit 366 compared to 038 for the Westman. Kill count, 42 to 15. Dig count, 43 to 25. Is <laughs> Not <Yeah>. much. <laughs> absolutely. Kira Van Wright coming in with a big game once again. 16 kills, 7 digs, 4 aces. Tessa Davis, uh, 11 kills, 10 digs, and Jade Robertson got 10 kills for her highest total since November. You know, all these sweeps are great for the team as, as, a, as a whole, but for Akira Van Rijk, it's really hurting her stats right now. Oh. She was averaging, <laughs> yeah, poor her. She was averaging just under 20 kills a match in November, but she's only, in quotes, averaging 15 during this win streak, though she's doing it while hitting an absurd 388 over the last seven matches. No, I mean, that efficiency is really insane. That would that would be first in Canada West if, yeah. like, over a full season. And given that she also leads the team and the conference in volume, that's pretty uh, insane. Yeah, and moving on to Saturday, it was actually the senior night of the team uh, with Sam Patko, Victoria Behe, Sierra Henley, and Danae Shepard all recognized before the match as the team's graduating fifth-year players. The match itself was another blowout as the Thunderbirds walked away easy trio victors. Yeah, so this this isn't about the Thunderbirds, but I just thought it was hilarious. Have to share it. So the Winnipeg women's volleyball team have now lost 38 straight conference road games. Buddy. They've they've not won on the road since February 6, 2016. That was against Manitoba, and only one player on Winnipeg's current team played in that game, and she was playing for Manitoba. <laughs> Well, it's just not a not a history of road success for that program. No. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in general, speaking of stats, the Thunderbirds hit 0.4 for a hidden percentage as a team, and the comfortable victory led to a lot of bench players coming in and contributing. Ten Thunderbirds record multiple kills, and Van Rijk was the only one with more than six. She has 11 kills on a 0.588 hitting percentage, along with six sticks and two aces. And our setter Olivia Furland provided her usual all-around performance with 30 assists, four kills, four dicks, and also four blocks. And this bears repeating, 448 as a team, hitting percentage. It's just unreal, as a team <laughs> especially. You, you, like you, you wouldn't think team. it could go better than the first game, and then it did. They were just... Couldn't couldn't be stopped. Yeah, and some great play from the seniors on the seniors' night. Hanley got five kills, three blocks, and a huge seven aces. 
Uh, Victoria Behe, four kills and three digs. And Danae Shepard, three kills and an ace of her own. Patco the Libero with five digs and a season-high five assists. So yeah. good performance from all the graduating players. Yeah, great work from them. Kira Van Rijk now has 372 kills, now fifth all-time on the Canada West single-season record book, and she still has two more games to play. She is nine kills back of fourth and 33 back of third. Yeah, so as long as they don't keep killing people, they, she might have a chance to get third all-time. I think 33 kills is very it's, achievable for, for Kira Van Rijk over two games, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not going to necessarily be easy because they're playing the 17-5 and five Calgary Dinos on the road this weekend. Could be a playoff preview as this is the last weekend of the regular season. But, I mean, Thunderbirds, seven-game win streak. They've won 21 out of 23 possible sets in that time. They are murdering everyone they play. So, Calgary better watch out. Yeah. And uh, also speaking of the men's team, they actually also swept the Westman as their incredible New Year's run continued with back-to-back 3-1 wins. Uh, the Thunderbirds' two-star rookies led the way on Friday. McNeve put up 20 kills and 7 digs on a 0.342 hitting percentage, while Michael Dalhanek put up 19 kills, just followed that, and 5 digs on a 0.216 hitting percentage. I mean, it was 3-1, not as close as it could be in set count, but it was pretty uh, cl- as close as you could get for a 3-1 game. All three sets Thunderbirds won were 25-22. Westman actually hit better than the Thunderbirds. They hit 277 compared to 259, and they had twice as many blocks. The difference was the service line. The Thunderbirds had nine aces. The Westman had just one along with 10 service errors, and in a game as close to that, something like that is going to decide it. Yeah, and Ben Hooker's back. We worried about his injury maybe uh, as the playoffs approach potentially for this team. Um, Ben Hooker returned after two weeks out, and picked up right where he left off with a huge 43 assists and nine digs, averaging almost 12 assists per set in his last four games, and is fourth in Canada West. Yeah, and uh, just like the women's team, Saturday's game was also dedicated to the graduating seniors on the men's team. That includes Captain Joe Regeer and Zed Hamadot. Uh, Dolhaniak actually led the way with an incredible 22 kills and 9 digs on a 0.5 hitting percentage, and was named Canada West third start of the week for his performance this past weekend. The other non-senior star was Danny Aspen leader. Shout out to my classmate who hey, put up a career hey, high. Hey. Yeah, who put up a career high 18 kills while hitting 484. He started the last four games and is averaging 11 kills in his starts. That's fantastic. Aspen leader's play has meant that Colton Liu did not play at all on the weekend. Liu is second on the team in kills on the season. But didn't look like they needed him in these ones. I mean, Aspen Ladder showing why uh, Coach Hawkins felt comfortable giving him the start. And I mean, that, so that's not two of us who have teammates on the, on the on this men's former classmates team. on yeah. the, <laughs> the men's volleyball team. That's the nice connections there. And as a team, Thunderbirds hit 313 in this game, recorded a season high 54 digs, led by Libero Tyson Smith. He had 14. And they also had 10 team blocks, led by Dor- Jordan DeShane, who had eight. It's the first time they've had double-digit blocks since January 12. Great all-around performance. Yeah, and this game, this uh, the series, coming against the Winnipeg Westmen, who were the only team really uh, in contention for that final playoff spot. So it looks like it. We're it talking about playoffs. Like we're <laughs> talking about playoffs. It looks it, it like it's not official yet. They do need to win one of their uh, games this weekend, or they need Winnipeg to lose one. But it was so big to get these two wins mm-hmm. against the only team that was really in contention for uh, snatching the playoff spot from UBC. So just huge. Uh, to get the sweep here. Thunderbirds, they just need one win this weekend. Just one win. They're playing 10-10 and 10 Calgary. So if uh, if Calgary plays like they have all season, they'll at least split one. Uh, and just in case, Westman, they play 15-5 and five Alberta at home. 
Alberta, yeah, I, I, I know. I don't know about Winnipeg winning that one. <laughs> Alberta, we've we, we've made fun of your names a lot on the show, but don't don't take it out on us now. Just the, the Alberta. <laughs> don't Gold, let us down. The Alberta Golden Bears. Yes, we're cheering we, for the Golden Bears this time. We won't. We, we are will, respecting you. We will be respectful for this weekend. Come on, just, just beat Winnipeg once, please. Just once, not even twice. You don't even need to do it twice. Yeah. Now, <laughs> moving on to slightly more depressing news: the women's basketball team was the first Thunderbirds team to play a playoff game in the new year, and they lost 67-64 to at home to the 12-ranked Winnipeg Westmen, or the West Women, Winnipeg getting revenge for the volleyball. Thunderbirds started off slow. They were down 23-16 to at the end of the first due to a mini barrage from three from Winnipeg. The Westmen took an eight-point lead into halftime. Thunderbirds battled back in the second half. Madison Penn, Gabrielle Laguerta leading the charge. UBC was put up 59-55 to with seven minutes left after Akeelan Filowich put back, but Winnipeg then won on a 10-0 run over the next four and a half minutes, and they didn't relinquish the lead from there. The Thunderbirds had two chances to tie or take the lead with less than 40 seconds to play, but a miss by Penn on a contested floater and then a turnover on the game's final possession sealed the loss. Single-game playoffs are just so tough. Yeah. and I know it's the standard in, in college, but it's such a... Especially with that one bad stretch that they had, it's and like, it was so close. It was at so the end. Close. Yeah. yeah, they had it. They had it. I mean, there's just absolutely no depth scoring. Well, that's the main problem. Penn. I mean, that's been that's been the theme. Yeah, I mean, season. it wasn't the theme this season. It was a theme all of last season. But then this team was better because it wasn't the theme, it, and then was, it became the there theme. There wasn't. There was. There was scoring from players that weren't Penn or Filowich, mm-hmm. but there was like the bench scoring was not fantastic, yeah. and it showed really. I mean, in this Penn game. twenty-four point. I mean. Not 24 points, 21 points and 14 rebounds. Filowich, 16 points, 17 rebounds. LaGuerta scored nine off the bench. No one else scored more than five points in this game. Yeah. And in the second half, Penn, Filowich, and LaGuerta scored 28 of UBC's 31 points. It's, you can't win. That's not that. going to get it done. Yeah. That's never going to get it done. Jessica Hansen, she had the most surprising performance of the night, not in a good way. She had just five points, four assists, along with a season-high seven turnovers. She also took just six shots, which tied her season low. All-around disappointing performance from her. And she was uh, – I was shocked because I, I was at this game, and I was absolutely shocked because around 40 seconds left, she had the ball wide open at the top of the arc and then passed up the shot. And it ended up giving to Penn. She had to take a contested floor to the end of the shot clock. But I, I was – I, I was floored. Hanson, one of the best shooters on the team, one of the leaders on this team. I just felt for sure that you had to take that shot, and it didn't. I, the whole team was just in a funk offensively. It was really sad. Yeah, a lot of turnovers. See. Yeah, a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers, bad shooting from three. Um, they were they only got four threes, um, and three of them were from LaGuardia. The rest of the team shot one for ten from beyond the arc. Uh, the turnovers were uh, pretty rough, 21 of those. Um. Yeah, it's not. That's not how you win a basketball game, and it just it sucks because I feel like if this was like a three game series, like volleyball plays or like mm-hmm. hockey plays, like I think they would have taken it. But yeah, couldn't get out of the wild card round. Yeah. At least, at least like watching this game, looking at the statistics, it looks like they should have lost. Yeah. It wasn't like they had a fantastic game all around, and and Winnipeg yeah. just so played refs better. Didn't like, screw them or no, anything. No, it was like, Winnipeg. Fair to Winnipeg, they for outplayed. Sure. Yeah. The oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now the big question for the team is whether Penn and Hanson will be back in the fall. Two seniors just finished their fourth seasons here at UBC. We'll have to see whether they decide to come back for a fifth. I hope that is not the last time that Hanson especially plays in Thunderbirds uh, uniform because she deserves a better send-off than that game. 
Yeah, we're going to move to the swim team now, and unfortunately, we bring you some more bad news from that sport. Well, you, bad relative to bad the swimming program. Relative I wouldn't to the call swimming this program. bad news. <laughs> exactly. Sort of like disappointing news. A letdown for our standards. Yeah. The UBC swim team traveled to Victoria this past weekend to compete in the Western Collegiate Invitational, and despite doing great as per usual, the UBC women's swim team is no longer atop all of U sports. After holding the top spot for 28 straight weeks, the University of Toronto has claimed the top spot in the U Sports rankings. This 28-week campaign actually dated back to the second week of the 2016-17 campaign, meaning that the women's T-Bird swim team haven't been in second for nearly three calendar years. Well. Yeah, so Toronto Varsity Blues led by U Sports Athlete of the Week Kylie Mass, who apparently is a five-time OUA sw- uh, Swimmer of the Year Oh yeah, and uh, also has never lost a race at the OUA championships in her career. <laughs> so can understand why Toronto might be in first as of right now. If she's been killing it like that, they, uh, they've taken the number one spot after dominating over in Brock in uh, Ontario over the weekend. Yeah. But, but coming back to Canada West in Victoria, BC, the numbers were actually still impressive. So after a total of 62 different events, 31 for each gender, here's how some of the numbers held down for both sides, please. <laughs> yes, Jacob. Jacob uh, wants to be clear. Uh, he wants everyone to be impressed by these numbers because he had to count them all up by hand. So take it away. <laughs> yes, uh, the women's team grabbed twenty first place finishes, which is huge. Nine second place finishes and six third place finishes in their events. Yeah, men's team slightly less impressive. Still six first place finishes, thirteen second place finishes, ten third place finishes, and. Both men's and women's made more impressive, given that the Thunderbirds didn't actually compete in every possible event. They, uh, as a whole, they uh, didn't compete in either 13 or 14 of the 62 events. We're not sure what happened in the men's <laughs> 200-meter relay. It's been lost into the ether. Who knows? Maybe Thunderbirds won that one. We'll say they did. <laughs> Just claim it. It's Schrodinger's swimming race. <laughs> Schrodinger's, yeah. Schrodinger's relay. There you we go. both won and lost. We just don't know. <laughs> Looking back at the rankings, though, we did mention that the Varsity Blues... They are now ahead of UBC in that ranking. They now sit at 711 points. Thunderbirds are sitting at 603. That is, however, nearly double the third-place team ranking. So It's no, a two-team race. <laughs> yeah, no reason for concern for Thunderbird swimming fans out there. Even, even less concern for the uh, men's team, who uh, have 677 points, which is almost 300 ahead of their second-place uh, yeah. Their, their the supremacy doesn't seem Calgary. to be in question yeah, at the I moment. Yeah, think, I think they're okay. Yeah, and the women's team, they'll get their shot to uh, retake their crown from Toronto at the U Sports Swimming Championships. Home, home, Almost here. Home it's surf. here. Home, yeah, here at surf? UBC's. Uh, home surf, I think. Yeah. Just guy, uh, we, we can uh, we can we can doctor the pools a little bit, you know, yeah, when the Toronto go. races are coming in, add a little extra chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Have we'll you get swam it. Before? It's chlorine <laughs> gate. <laughs> We'll do it. I don't. I don't know how you would properly uh, I, screw over an opposing swimmer, but we'll get it done. We'll get. We'll get our team on it. Uh, uh, home cooking in the final tally. I think that's how you yeah. do it. <laughs> um, Thunderbirds will have the chance to uh, knock off the Varsity Blues. Their championships will kick off Thursday, February twenty first. They'll run through to Saturday, February twenty third. Again, here at UBC's Aquatic Center. We are going to take a quick break for some ads and PSAs. We will be back after the break. plays every hour on the hour as part of our flagship station ID. If you do recognize this song, chances are less than 1 in 12 that you have donated to CITR. 
That means 11 out of 12 of our regular listeners are getting our content for free. So naturally, we called local businesses to see if we could get that kind of a deal. Here's how things went when we called Duffin's Donuts. Hello, Duffin's Donuts. Hi. Um, I was wondering if I can get 12 pupusas, but just pay for one of them. Like, do we, do if, we owe you? Cinnamon roll? No, you you don't owe me. Just I was just seeing if like that was a deal I could make. Really? Yes. Okay. Maybe in twenty years. In twenty years? Yeah. Is that okay? Okay. Um, okay. I was hoping for it now years? though, but. No, twenty years later. Twenty I, years. I yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'll tr- I'll try in twenty years. You can show your support right now on your mobile device or computer by heading to citr.ca slash donate or in person and over the phone during our annual fundraising week, February 28th to March 7th. Donate to keep CITR weird. Lord, I need a creative outlet. How on earth can I channel everything that's inside of me? You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? Pardon me? Yeah, you can illustrate for Discorder magazine or take photographs of events and artists and they can teach you how to use Photoshop in their media lab. That is so exhilarating. It fills my soul with lightning. Yeah, just email volunteer at CITR.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Both the men's and women's hockey team had an incredible weekend. When was the last time we got to say that? We haven't said that in a while. <laughs> Usually it's been one or the other, mm-hmm. only, only having a good performance. But um, incredible weekend to close out the regular season. The women's team got out early in front on Friday as Ireland Parrot scored off of a rebound halfway through the first to open the scoring with a first period first goal. Period goal. I think that. they've broken through the memes. At oh, this absolutely. Point. At this it's, point, it's been happening it's, it's a lot. De- well, there was, there was one game with a scoreless first mm-hmm. this, uh, this weekend. But out of four, that's pretty good. Um, three minutes later, Hannah Clayton Carroll scored a rebound of her own on the power play to double the UBC lead before the end of the opening period. The Cougars found an answer from McLash in the second with a net front deflection, but the visitors sh- shortly erased their effort by giving up a lengthy 5-on-3. Clayton Carroll notched her second power play goal of the evening. In the third, Clayton Carroll got a hat trick, um, and Parrott notched his second goal as well. Emily Casales later scored to stretch the lead to five. The Thunderbirds took this one by a huge 6-1 margin. And they got some power play goals, which is nice. They have Woo-hoo! not been doing that lately. They've been struggling a lot recently, yep. so it's good to see that, that luck finally uh, rebound for them. They got four in a game, yeah. which is pretty pretty solid. Yeah, the much like the Leafs. <laughs> as uh, he says, been... wearing his Toronto Maple Leafs toque. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, the Leafs have been struggling on the power play as well, and they also scored a bunch of power play goals last night, so uh, good for them, and good for UBC. Uh, <laughs> Priorities right there. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we understand. W- what else do you expect from me? <laughs> no, I, I expect nothing less. <laughs> Uh, another great category for the Thunderbirds was in shooting. They outshot the Cougars 28-16. to 16. It was complete domination on that front. This is also something the Thunderbirds have struggled with recently, so it's nice to see them heating up at just the right time. Playoffs are just around the corner, so more of this will certainly bode good results. Absolutely. Saturday's game, uh, much of the same, at least in the uh, possession, in the shot uh, columns, but an unbelievable performance from the Cougars goaltender made it a much closer affair on the scoreboard than it was on the ice. The Thunderbirds dominated the puck, outshot the Cougars through two scoreless periods, before uh, Island Parrot scored a power play goal halfway through the final frame. That was the only goal of the game, 1-0 win for the Thunderbirds. Morgan Baker had a huge 41-save performance. The only goal she surrendered, I mean, not much she could have done. Um, but yeah, UBC uh, dominating them, but just stymied by a hot goalie and lucky to come away with the win. 
And they're not playing a powerhouse of a team. No. Regina decent, not great, but great to see Thunderbirds dominating anyone, really. Yes. And especially in back-to-back games uh, with playoffs. Yes. Coming up, you got that uh, that momentum. There you go. <laughs> no, it's, it's important for sure. Um, this was also the uh, last regular season game for some graduating seniors. Amelia Bone, who went out with a shutout in her final regular season appearance. Madison Patrick, Emily Castalis, Logan Boyd, Bree Bell-Reeve, and Celine Tardif are the five graduating skaters. Yeah, and here comes some weird stat. Um, <laughs> UBC women's hockey actually broke some records uh, last week as uh, Logan Boyd becomes the first player in Canada West history to play all 140 regular season games possible. That includes 28 games each in five seasons. Didn't miss a single game in her entire yeah. Thunderbirds five career. Years. That's incredible. Iron yeah. Woman. Yeah, exactly. No, definitely. Uh, that that's. Um, I don't think that she might be the only person to ever do that. Um, the UBC women's hockey team will host these very same Regina Cougars that they dominated in two straight games uh, in a best-of-three Canada West quarterfinal series this weekend at UBC at uh, Doug Mitchell. Games will be Friday and Saturday at 4 p.m. and a Sunday matinee at 2 if the series does go all the way. Nice to get a couple uh, dominant wins over the team you're about to play in the playoffs. Send send a bit of a message. It's kind of perfect. It's kind of the perfect way they could have ended the season. Uh, Just like the men's team, or just like the women's team, the men's team closed out their season in a big way. To garner momentum ahead of their quarterfinal series, Austin Glover opened the scoring midway through the first on Friday as the Thunderbirds more than doubled their opponent's shots in the opening frame. Early in the second, Chase Clayton doubled the UBC lead and Glover scored his second of the goal of the game just 20 seconds later. Austin Vetterell bombed a one-timer past the Cougar netminder on the power play to open a four-goal lead. The Cougars got one back, but Colton Keller got a power play one-timer of his own. Thunderbirds won this one 5-1. Now, uh, to put it mildly, men's team has struggled at times yep. in uh, recent recent weeks, recent months. But putting it together now it, with the sweep this weekend, that's now three straight wins going to the playoffs, and uh, which is good because they don't have any more time to get back on track. So hopefully, this they are it. fully back on track at yep. this point. <laughs> It is worth mentioning, though, that Regina is the lowest-ranked team in Canada West, so it should not be a surprise that UBC is dominating them. It is still a sign of good things to come, hopefully, but uh, by all accounts, we should not be losing to Regina. So Yeah, so definitely a good performance. Um, UBC goalies have struggled a little bit after they both were solid to start the season, to say the least, um, but Toth had one of his best games of the season on Friday night, 27 saves on 28 shots. And the only goal he let in was a late goal with Thunderbirds already up by four in like the dying minutes. So it doesn't matter too much. Not something Tal should worry about. Saturday's game, a little bit more evenly matched, but a standout performance from Patrick Dia ensured that the Birds would come away with the weekend sweep. Fresh off of scoring the game-winning goal on Friday, Chase Clayton scored both goals for UBC, sniping blocker side in the second and potting the empty netter in the third. Dia stood, goal, Dia stood tall in goal for the Thunderbirds, stopping all 28 shots thrown his way by the hosts. I mean, a bit less dominant than the, than the 5-1 first win, but sure. still, shutout, that's nice. Great uh, for Dia, gets his first U-Sports shutout, the rookie goalie, and, uh, well, they won. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they won. It's, it's good to see. We haven't yeah. said that a ton in the New Year, so hopefully it's I a sign of things to come. I don't remember the last time both uh, men's and women swept. So it's it's good to see, especially it might have been the first time all season, or at least since like September or October, for sure. So I mean, a good time to do it as well. I just want to hop in and say I'm glad that Dia is getting on our news for posting a shutout because last week, if yeah. you remember, he had a <laughs> 10 minute game misconduct <laughs> when he was on the bench. That that was, well, that was probably my favorite hockey stat. There's of the year. there's been a lot of um, did you see that same effects? Um, and I don't remember what other uh, um, Ontario school it was, but there was a huge like bench brawl in in the in the Ontario faction of U Sports recently. It was crazy. 
Yeah. Um, Such are the times, I suppose. Yeah, but no. great, great redemption arc for Dea, I for guess. For sure. <laughs> this is, well, this is a much better uh, way to go into the playoffs, but better mentality for him, for sure. The Thunderbirds will also host the Cougars, but not the Regina Cougars, the Mount Royal Cougars. That's not confusing at all. Uh, in the opening round of the Canada West playoffs, games will be Friday and Saturday, Doug Mitchell Thunderbird Sports Center at 7.30 with a deciding game a Sunday at 6, if necessary. All right, moving to track now. The University of Washington hosted their annual Husky Classic this weekend in Seattle. And while only one UBC athlete made the trip, the event was certainly exciting. Seattle has also experienced its fair share of wintry weather over the past week. So to accommodate the upcoming storm, organizers cut down the two-day meet and held every single event on Friday. Thank goodness it was indoors. Spencer Dotsey was the only Thunderbird to compete. He ran a 14.56.93 in the men's 5,000 meter, good for 18th in his heat. And besides Dotsey, a couple Thunderbirds alumni also showed up in Washington. Natalia Hawthorne ran the women's 5,000 meter in 16 minutes, 6.92 seconds, good for 15th. And John Gay also ran the men's 5,000 meter, winning his heat with a time of 13.57.04. Gay also ran the men's one-mile race, didn't finish. Unfortunately, yeah. And we have an answer to the mystery of Thunderbirds versus UBC. So a few weeks back, we mentioned that scorekeepers at the University of Washington Invitational seem to believe that UBC and the Thunderbirds were two different teams. I would like to apologize for that. They are correct. They were referring <laughs> to another track and field club here known as the Vancouver Thunderbirds that is comprised almost entirely of former UBC runners like Hawthorne and Gay that we just mentioned. Hence the confusion. I'm going to blame it on having two teams <laughs> in Vancouver both called the Thunderbirds. I mean, I think they're called the Thunderbirds. Both filled with either current or former UBC athletes. Like. I think it's I think it's probably intentional in that regard, but definitely confusing from our point of view. Um, unfortunately for all you track fans out there, this is the last meet uh, that UBC will participate in um, for over a month. The Thunderbirds will next compete at the UBC Open right here at the Ashfall Dillon Oval from March 30th to 31st. Hopefully there will not be any snow on the ground by then. It's uh, over a month away, so we should be okay, but you never know. And uh, the Thunderbirds baseball team, yeah. has escaped. they escaped the cold weather. They, they're in California them. right now, oh, headed jealous. to Santa Barbara over the weekend, played a four-game series against Westmont, the 25th-ranked team in the NAIA. Unfortunately, Thunderbirds cannot escape with a win, dropping all four games to the Warriors, bringing their record to 0-6 after their losses back in October to Gonzaga and OSU. If there's any consolation with 0-6, they're all against ranked teams. They're yeah. playing some very good teams so far. Uh, first game on Thursday was a heartbreaker. Westmont right fielder Isaiah Leach hit a walk-off three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth with the Thunderbirds leading 6-4. to four. And uh, from there, everything over those three days went downhill. Yeah, it was such a shame. Uh, Niall Windler, who was incredible last season, uh, five innings, three earned runs, and seven strikeouts. And then Grant Gardner came in uh, and gave out six earned runs without a strikeout in uh, five and a third innings for the Warriors. Um... It was the Warriors reliever, Cody McLean, uh, who shut down the Thunderbirds after they uh, jumped out in front on the starter, finishing the game only at two hits and no earned runs in the two and a thirds innings appearance. Yeah, and they all, on the offensive side for the Thunderbirds, Jackson Valky and Jordan Dre each hit solo home runs. Ty Pounder and Noah Orr each had two RBI hits in the six, put the Thunderbirds up 6-3, but they couldn't get anything going late managing just one hit in the last three innings. And games two, three, four were not quite as close as the first one. No. First, uh, the second game wasn't Terrible. It was an 8-4 defeat, but Saturday's doubleheader was a different story. Thunderbirds rolled to a 14-1 victory in the first game and then notched a 9-0 shutout to complete the series sweep. All in all, Thunderbirds outscored 38-11 this weekend, obviously not showing out the way they would have wanted to against a nationally ranked team. 
Friday's game, we did mention it wasn't a huge disappointment, but it was a bit more out of hand than that score, that final score might say. It was 8-2 to two before Jordan Dre notched a couple of RBIs in the 7th and the ninth to narrow the deficit slightly. Relief pitcher Daniel Serrata for UBC, he had a rough outing. He gave up five earned runs in just two innings of work. On the opposite side for the Warriors, Luke Coffey and Taylor Bush each put up three hits and two RBIs, and all five pitchers that the Warriors used in this one were able to record at least one strikeout. It's yeah. consistency. It's not consistency <laughs> that we like to see. No, and um, some consistency on Saturday as well as the Thunderbirds did not get a lot of offense going. Um, it was 14 to nothing for the Warriors before shortstop Michael Fitzsimmons batted in Liam Volcano with a ground out in the ninth for a consolation run. All 14 tallies for Westmont came without a single home run, with Coffee, Bryce Morrison, and the ironically named Jeremiah Canada all <laughs> getting three RBIs each. Come on, Canada. How are you going to do that to Come us? Come on, man. Uh, Warriors pitcher Justin Sanders held the Thunderbirds without a hit until Ben Mitchell managed a leadoff single in the seventh. Sanders finished seven innings with just one hit, no walks, and six strikeouts. So an incredible performance, really, from Justin Sanders. And, I mean, the last game was arguably worse for UBC. They managed just yeah. one hit in the entire game. It's not great. Single from Wyatt Schnorr in the second inning. Morrison, Andrew Bayard, and Travis Vandermolen each homered for Westmont. Morrison's was an emphatic six-inning grand slam to make it 8 nothing. eventually ended 9 nothing. And the uh, Thunderbirds, they'll stay in California this week, taking on the Masters of... Uh, <laughs> Bit of a funny name for university. It's uh, a little uncomfortable, honestly. I don't out. know how I feel about that. I yeah. don't like that a lot. <laughs> they are the Mustangs. They swept the University of Antelope Valley last weekend. Another great, na- some great names down in California of these small universities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully, the Thunderbirds will be able to do okay against the Masters. <laughs> well, the, the, the is, wait, so it's the the Masters Mustangs? Is that the yeah the Masters Mustangs? That's confusing as all as all get out. Um, looking ahead to what we have, we obviously have the. Um, Big playoff games for both uh, basketball and volleyball. Or not volleyball, sorry. Hockey. 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 (laughs) Men's basketball, I haven't mentioned that yet. They play UFE in a best of three quarterfinal series here at home, 7 p.m., Thursday and Friday. Maybe Saturday if necessary. Hopefully not. Hopefully they can sweep UFE. How nice it must be to have a best of three playoff series. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost (laughs) as if that's a better way to estimate uh, who who might actually be the better team. Yeah, almost. The women's team angrily looking over. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we've also got the aforementioned uh, baseball games against the Masters uh, <laughs> and um, men's golf going to the Academy of Art Bay Area Invitational in San Francisco. So good for them. Yep. Also, women's and men's volleyball are going to compete their fi- final regular season game at Calgary, Alberta. Oh, softball's in Hawaii. That must be nice. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> yeah men's baseball gets to, gets to go to California. And softball softball's like, hey, Hawaii. what's up? Uh, pretty good we're too. actually the best. We're going to Honolulu. We're playing Chaminade. <laughs> Chaminade? How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Chama- I'll call it Chaminade. They play back-to-back doubleheaders. Sunday, Monday, men's rugby also plays Saturday. And with that... Thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake, Eric, Liz, and Corey with contributions from the briefly heard Jacob Air. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your evening.